0: If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the 100% Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Glinsky, and my partner, as always, Nathan Sabo, is here. Nathan, how are you doing today on this fine I July day? Doing great. We got free agency for NHL going on right now, and just uh sitting around watching some Stevie Y moves. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing they made two moves today. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to pronounce their names, or at least one of them, so. If That's you could fine. do the pronunciation, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. We'll go more in depth with uh, who they're signing, but yeah, and then um, we've we've done. A, I think last time we did a show, we had. uh I still think we believed that the Tigers would still do something, which clearly has not happened. Oh, I geez. think they're now fourteen games under five hundred or something. I like mean, that. you you go back like two months ago, or well, at the beginning of the season, we're expecting eighty games to win five hundred and. They're just look, I can go on a long rant about them. They're the worst run team in the city and they're just the dumpster fire. I mean, there's there's they're pitching like they're pitching numbers if you look at it, their ERA and everything. They're like top ten, top five in the league. And they're wasting it because their offense is just so god awful and look, I it's it's you know what has to be done, but that won't happen. Yeah, I don't know why Alviela still has a job. And then I think Chris Ellich had the audacity to say, "Oh uh, God!" When they when the Red Wings, oh yeah, the Red Wings hired a new coach. That's right, Lounge. Looks yeah, like Drew uh, from Despicable Me, but um, haven't heard that one before. Very original, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, when they're hiring him, Chris Ellich is like, "Yeah, I like the way the, the Tigers are going right now. I like the direction we're going in." Yeah, I, really, I really, they don't really have a direction right now. They're kind of just playing baseball with, you know. Javi Baez and Miguel Cabrera who sadly leads this team in hitting, Which is pathetic. I mean, I look, I, you can say what you want about Miggy. Yes, great, whatever. But, I mean, we're six, seven years into a rebuild and he's still your best hitter. That is not good. And, look, I, again, we can get into this another time, but that Chris Illich audio or, or you know, what he said about how he, he's happy with the team's progress. I mean, that's That's just flat out lying. Like, what person, what somewhat knowledgeable person about baseball, just a casual fan even, would be happy with the progress of this team? What progress? Like, I don't see progress. I don't know what he's talking about. Which just further proves my point that he doesn't care and is another reason why uh, Al will probably be here next year. (laughs) Hey, Chris, how's uh, District Detroit going? And then they asked him how District Detroit was going. Oh, was like, God. Hey. And then he goes, yeah, District Detroit's moving along pretty well. You know, the pandemic stopped a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, way sure. Through. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris, how's District Detroit going? And um, luckily, he's got a smart GM with uh, the Red Wings or else well, he's the for he, 2 on his team right now. Here's the thing with, with Eisenman. I think, I, first off, with the Red Wings, you, you know, Eisenman runs the whole thing. And I think that... When he came here, I think he told Chris, like, you're not going to tell me a single thing to do. You're going to step aside. You're going to shut up, and I'm going to be in charge and do everything. And that's basically probably what happened. I mean, let's be honest. If, I mean, you, Chris... could, you could go back to that press conference, and Iserman talked basically the whole time, and Chris just sat there. I'm well, sure yeah. He... Like every owner, they usually do that. But I still find it funny that you had to ask a Tigers question at a Red Wings press conference because – you never see the owner or hear the owner in public. <laughs> yeah, that's that's smart on the media to to do that to him and he's probably like, oh, um, who are the Tigers again exactly?" Oh, sounds like sounds like a <laughs> another owner of of one of my teams that just doesn't oh, do anything. Geez. Stan, talking about you, Stan. Anyway, moving on. Actually, let's let's uh, speaking of Stan, let's or let's transition into soccer here. A lot has happened. Football um, Nathan, you may have some PTSD on the way the uh, soccer season ended, the Premier League season ended last year, last season. Uh, I, I think I'm. Uh, it took me a while, but I, I pretty much recovered. <laughs> Man City, somehow, they did it again. I don't know how, but they did it again. Uh, they scored, what was it, three goals in like eight minutes or something? That was the – you know, everybody talks about 2011, 2012, and obviously I was too young. I wasn't watching it. But that was probably the craziest – two hours of my sports life like i i was because at one point liverpool had to score a goal because they were drawing against wolves i think it was 1-1 they if they scored a goal they basically would win the league at that one point because city was still down i was yelling coutinho made it 2-0 going crazy yeah and i'm like and i remember you saying that i'm like coutinho coutinho made it 2-0 and then it's 1-1 at anfield i'm like i was screaming yelling my dad was getting pissed at me i'm like one goal to win the effing league, just one goal, and then I think Gunduan went and scored two of them, and then in eight minutes, like you said, it it was just like they won three two. Ah, oh, oh, crap! crap. <laughs> and then once that third goal went in, Aston Villa they 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 had no juice left. It was I think once that I, once that first goal went in, it it seemed like they it's like Rodri scored it. Rodri scored I, the first goal. Yeah, that's and right. like I, I knew like it was gonna happen. Like I just felt like it was gonna happen. And yeah, sure it's, enough. It does. I think I think the emphasis on why twenty eleven is the best is just because a that kind of started Man City. That Man City didn't win the league for four oh, yeah. years before that, and the fact that it was Manchester United in there as well. Because you know Liverpool, Man City, then that's not really a rivalry. You know, you have Pep like. Hugging Trent as he takes a throw in and stuff like that, and yeah. Pep and Jurgen like each other. You know, it's it's it's, it's not more like of the, a it's more it's, of a competitive rivalry, kind of like how the Bundesliga Dortmund and Bayern. It's it's a competitive rivalry. I don't care what you say. They it's respect not like, each other. They they respect each other, but they don't hate each other. Exactly. It's, it's it's not a rivalry based on hatred. It's based on basically success and how good the teams are. Yeah, it's. If man, if Man City, like Liverpool or Man City, like one of those teams just sucked all of a sudden, they wouldn't like they wouldn't care, they wouldn't hate each other or anything. It's just no. not how it works. It's not like the old one, to- the one, to- the top two teams in the Premier League used to be with Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson. Now that, my friend, is a rivalry, but this isn't. And I'm sorry, those don't... days you're never gonna get back. <laughs> the, the, in sports in general, man, those days are gone, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't see one. I don't think there's – there's not, like, an NFL team – there's not NFL teams that hate each other, NBA teams. I mean, maybe with the Warriors and Grizzlies there could be something, but not not to that extent. Yeah, but it's not pure hatred. Like, at the end of the day, you're still dabbing up guys and congratulating, you know, shaking hands, talking. It's not, you know, I'm not speaking to you or even staring or looking at you. It's not – but, you know – but yeah, so, you know, and then Liverpool a week later played uh, in the Champions League final and man, they Liverpool definitely is the better team than Real Madrid, but I think I still think it is more impressive to win the Premier League than the Champions League because you have teams that real like Real Madrid that can win the Champions League and sit back and just hit you on the counterattack. You can't do that for 38 games in the Premier League, but you can do that for what, the 16 games? 12 games it is in the Champions League? Uh, Yes, 13 games if you make it to the final. So, no, I I agree with you there. I, I think it is harder. Granted, you are playing better quality teams in the Champions League, but at the same time, sometimes you get lucky like a Liverpool and end up playing a Benfica and a Villarreal in the quarters and semis, which was not always easy, but it's a lot easier than playing, you know, Bayern or I would say PSG, but let's be honest, they're a dumpster fire right now. (laughs) <laughs> Same with Barca. Yeah, but I agree with you on that point. Playing the Prem, it's 38 games, you know, every week. it's You got to... did City finish with 90-something points? That That's Something crazy. Like that. Yeah, that is. And... But I think Liverpool, I I, I can't remember because I, I've kind of shut my mind off of it for the last month. Yeah, and Liverpool, the second half of the season, they ended a crazy stretch i think 17 wins and two draws and they still lost the league to city which just shows you how competitive the premier league is not just between city and liverpool but between you know from top to bottom really yeah i, I would agree with that but so i'm going to ask you a question as a liverpool fan based on how that se- how the season finished up and what could have been could you call the season a disappointment I agree 100%. I think you can because, look, say what you want about the two domestic cups, the League Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever you want to call it, and the FA Cup. They're great to win. Particularly, I'd rather win the FA Cup more than the League Cup. But considering how consistent and good that team was last year, you've kind of thought as a Liverpool fan, especially halfway through, like, Okay, we're going to win either the league or the Champions League, one of the two biggest prizes. And the fact that from March on, it was kind of a talk about the hey, the quadruple, the quadruple. And then you get to the point by the end of the season where you don't win two of the four and two of the biggest of the four. Really the two that any soccer fan, football fan out there would rather win those two over the other two, obviously. So, yeah, it is disappointing considering of how good they were and how consistent they were all season that they couldn't win one of the two big major trophies. And the worst part about it is throughout the three games in the finals of last season, they didn't score a single goal, which they is – they, the, they won on penalties. The, both both times in the FA Cup, Carabao Cup was against Chelsea and they won on penalties both times. It was nil-nil. And they obviously lost one nil to Real Madrid. So that's kind of frustrating, and I don't want to say a cause for concern because, I mean, I, I don't see why they couldn't go out and score again if they played again. It's just it, – it is disappointing. It is. Uh, that's what – you know, when it the game concluded and Real Madrid won the league or the Champions League, I go, I, I wonder if Liverpool fans think the season is a disappointment. You know, you – Again, Chelsea had a goal. I think this that was disallowed. I think they VAR checked it in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I think it was Pulisic and he was offside or something. And you go back and you look at those cup finals, and you didn't score a goal. And you go to the Premier League, and I guess you know the final day. It wasn't you know you didn't control your own destiny. You needed some help to happen, but they dropped points at home to Tottenham I believe it was I think they tied 2-2 Yeah they did that was I think with 2 weeks remaining or 3 weeks remaining And I you especially at Anfield that's always you know talked about as a fortress which it is and I I feel like you should not be dropping points at, at home against Tottenham you know you could you could say whatever you want Oh, Tottenham just plays best against you know the really good teams You're at home and Anfield with title on the line you have all the you you every single game at in the last two months are cup finals for you. You need to win every single one and you drop points. The to top you drop points at home, yeah. To that point, I somewhat agree with you, but at the same time, they're on a crazy run. It's not like they're they, like I said, they won 17 and two draws, I believe, or one draw even the last 19. At some point, you gotta come back down to earth and have a game where in that game, I remember it, they did not play horrible. Tottenham actually played really, really well and fair play to them. So I don't think that, you know, that doesn't really piss me off as much as the Champions League final does. Cause the finals one game you're prepared for it. Whereas the league, you know, it's week in week out. So that didn't really bother me as much at the time. I get where you're saying you control it and you, every game should be treated as a cup final, but it's not like, you know, they lost to a Burnley or a Southampton or drew to them a couple weeks before. They're winning every game, and, yeah, you, you dropped two points at home, but it really didn't feel like the end of the world. Yeah, I, I get that. I think – I feel like you're probably more upset about the Champions League final. Oh, more. definitely. And my boy Trent Alexander-Arnold fell asleep at the back for the goal, so – that, that, yeah, was, that was fun I, for me. You can get in that argument again some other time. Uh, you know, he's not terrific defensively. He's his best side of the ball is offensively. Obviously, you know you, he did make the mistake there. But at the end of the my thing, which I don't hear a lot of soccer fans go out and I, I I know soccer is you know low scoring game. But when when you when you lose one nil, yeah, you made the one bad mistake. But you gotta be scoring goals. Like you could say what you want about that. Trent made a mistake. But you got to score like it, it, it's, it's if not It's not. it's correct me if I'm wrong, but did Liverpool have like three shots on target in that Champions League final or something like that? Uh, Some they crazy... had more. They outshot Madrid, I think, like 20 to six or 20 to three or something crazy. They were the better team. But they you know, were not looking. The, but. They, the shots they fell were apart not part with the counterattack. Though. That, and if I believe, I don't think those shots were on target for Liverpool. That's No, they no, that was not on target. That was just shots. It was like 20 to 4 or 3 or something. Maybe 20, but they had a crazy amount of shots. On target, I think you're right. They were only maybe 5 or 6 to 1. But, yeah, it it was just frustrating because it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm over it now and ready for the next season, but it is a disappointment. Yeah, you outshot them twenty three to three. Yeah, so <laughs> it really Real shows Madrid, it. Real Madrid had one shot on goal. Yeah, and it was the one goal, obviously. Which, yes, again, the mistake. But at the same time, you you got you got to pick up your defense and score. I mean, I, I agreed. Yeah. All right, let's let's transition into some Detroit basketball. The Pistons. It's safe to say they had another good draft? They got with the fifth overall pick. They had Jade and Ivy who slid down to five. Some some could say that's a, uh he slipped and fell down. Some people you know would disagree based on all the reports leading up, leading up to the draft. But I think the thing that just the move that changed us that you know came out of the blue was Jalen Duran at number thirteen. Jalen and what the Pistons gave up, which was. I guess looking back at it was basically Jeremy Grant for the 13th pick if you look on how the trades worked. But man, the Pistons had another great draft. You know, you got, you. hopefully you get your number two guy in Jaden Ivey and you solidify that backcourt for hopefully a decade uh, with Cade and Jaden Ivey and then you could potentially have your starting center for a while too, you know, for the foreseeable future in Jalen Durant. who's only 18 mind you, but Nathan, how would you say the line or the Pistons drafted this year? I'd say overall really well. I know from a lot of the quote unquote experts they were getting graded high, but I think going into the draft, you know, obviously we were disappointed. We fell to five. I mean, that was kind of a joke. We did get one. We did get one last year, but still. I think leading. I think heading into the draft, I think we were all. I think as Pistons fans, they were. We were all. I guess you could say down and out because you know again. Pistons fell to five like you just said but also the fact the day before jeremy grant was just traded all they got returned was a milwaukee 2025 first round pick and yeah. we were all we were all thinking oh yep. maybe we could get maybe we could get grant for seven with the trailblazers maybe we could do this maybe we could do that and that's what we got return and then as it unfortunate and then as it you know unfolded and everything then we're like oh Troy weaver kind of knows what he's doing you know, yeah, I, I think we were all a little, little early on that thing where it's like, oh, what is this trade? And then, sure enough, a day later, he, he you know, does what he does and ends up trading it for the Duran pick. So, but no, over, overall, the draft really well. I, I think exceeded expectations. The fact that Ivy fell to you at five because Sacramento went Sacramento. Um, <laughs> and look, it's it's a good one two tandem with Cade. Obviously, we hope that Ivy ends up being. You're two on this team. Uh, You cage your number one guy. We don't know at the end of the day, but then I think the thing that I like even more is the Durin trade to get him. And look, he's he's an 18 year old, he's probably not going to play this year, maybe even next year. And people need to realize that. But look, I'm not an NBA draft analyst by any means. But looking at the kid, I mean, he's built for what 6'10, I don't know what how tall he is, 6'10, 6'11, whatever he is, and athletic. He's 18 years 6'11. old. Yeah. So I, 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 it's great draft by them, and I don't know if necessarily getting Duran meant they were out on the Aiton sweepstakes, but let's be honest, no one apparently wants Aiton because he's still <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah, but I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with not having uh, DeAndre. Aiton. But overall, a really good draft, and now you can finally get Cade some help, and it's not just him, and I guess Bay, you could say, you know, yeah, but. It's finally coming together. The pieces are being put in place, and finally, I'm excited. I know I texted you this, but I'm somewhat excited to watch this team next year. I, I'm I'm super excited as well, just along with you. Um, and just again, it's it's kind of like the first, um, I guess you could say the 2020 draft, Troy Weaver's first draft, where. You know, we're going into it, and we're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, it's going to be killing Hayes, whatever it's ever. It's whatever Pistons draft normally is. You know, you take the the offensively challenged player that they always take, and, and then all of a sudden, they got a second first-round pick. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they got a third first-round pick, which the third first-round pick ended up being – is going to be the best player out of that draft. And – then it, and then it just kind of felt like that this year too. But this was a lottery pick. That's two lottery picks. When was the last time the had the Pistons ever had two lottery picks? I don't. I don't think so. I have and, no idea. And they got it. And they didn't just get. They got some athletic freaks. Like Jalen Duran is athletic as could be. Ivy is athletic, and like I genuinely feel like these are two solid pieces. Jay Ivy, I'm hoping is the number two guy, and I think he will be. Um, just based on you know his mentality and the way he plays and you know all that stuff. Again, this team needs to figure out some three point shooting. They still look it's it's still not a great three point shooting team, just even with the additions they have. Because uh, Ivy's not a spot up three point shooter. He can knock him down at a at a decent rate. I believe his uh his stats in college was around thirty percent. I think uh, I could be wrong on that. Um, it uh, ooh yikes! It was a uh, Worse than oh wait yeah, this thirty-five. Thirty six percent from three. <laughs> I, I was looking at his freshman stats and it was twenty six percent. I was like, oh nah, uh, but it's I mean, uh, it, yeah, let's hope it's not twenty-six percent. It was it's thirty-six percent uh from last year. And and then they got um then they traded for Alec Burks and Alec Burks and New Noel, which looking that trade is super weird because the Pistons didn't give up a thing. Like if you look at that trade, I think they got two second round picks. Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel and I think 6 million dollars and they didn't give up a thing. Like I've never seen a trade like that before. I don't know I, was it more to I, I, obviously think they give up something but I think it was more for New York to clear the cap space to bring yeah. in that God, his name whatever. Uh Jalen Brunson. Yes, yeah, him. It, it it's exactly for that but this team it, it's starting it's starting to fold, you know. Cade Cunningham's going to is is your franchise guy. He's going to be your number one guy um and then Jane Ivy hopefully is your number 2. Sadiq Bey's going to be your 3 or 4 guy and then you know Stewart could be a, a bench player and hopefully, yeah, well, well, well. <laughs> ho- hopefully Duran is hopefully Durin is your solution at the center for the foreseeable future because of his athleticism and people are comparing it to a, a Robert Williams role which the measurables on both of the guys are very similar and their playing styles are very similar. And it, it easily could be like, he could be like a Robert Williams, which is fine with, I'm completely fine with that as Jalen Dern because it's just, just what, what playing player he is. And eventually I think next see next year, their next off season, they're going to have to splash on a free agent. You know, the whole, the hope was DeAndre Aiden and Miles Bridges this year, which no that's never, that's not going to happen. You know, what, what Miles Bridges did, which is completely wrong. And, no one wants the Andre Ayton so i think i think this year i think is i think you know what what would their target be 30 wins you know hover around the play in i guess yeah. but uh, again the expectations for this team it's it's not it's not making the playoffs they're not ai don't they're not a playoff team no and i don't even know i don't even think necessarily it's getting into the play in game I, I think it's just the biggest thing is be watchable like last year you know what was watchable on the team? Cade Cunningham, and that was it. Occasionally, Sadiq Bay had a great night, whatever. But now you're gonna you need to get that cat. Let's be honest, casual average fan like I am with basketball. That's me. I watch when the Pistons are are good. I am that type of fan. Whereas with other sports, I'll still watch the team if they're bad. But that's with me and basketball. It's getting that average fan to watch again. Which, let's be honest, the Pistons have not been relevant since what two thousand six two thousand seven. 15 years. So, I think they're finally becoming watchable again. And you, like you said, you see the key p- pieces in place. And we hope Durin is going to turn out to be your center for the future. And we hope Ivy's going to end up being your too. We obviously don't know. But you know what? They're going to be fun to watch. It's not going to be boring basketball. There's a pathway they're on. It's not like the Pistons with... Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe and Reggie Jackson, where it's Josh oh, Niff, Blake Griffin. We're going to hover around the nine, eight, seven seed and just get in the playoffs, but get crushed. No, there is a plan here and they're on the right path. And like I said, I'm excited to finally watch Pistons basketball and to have some excitement here in Detroit about the Pistons. hundred percent. I agree with everything you just said right there. It's, it's, Trust Troy Weaver. Uh, that's basically what you can do. You just got to wait and see it. I, I think the only real miss he's had is, I, I guess you could say, killing Hayes. I think that's the only miss he's had. And, you know, he's, I guess you could say he missed on a few second round picks like Garza and most likely saving Lee, too. Yeah, but, but second round picks, Nathan Just like, you know, when he cares? signed like Josh Jackson to those slow contracts, it's, I guess you can miss on those. It's not. It doesn't hurt you in the long run. But if you look at his key key pickups, I guess you get Jeremy Grant was a success. Um, Cade looks to be the a great pick. Stewart looks to be a good pick. Sadiq Bay looks like to be a good pick. Um, it's it it looks fine. Marvin Bagley looked like a good trade too. It's you know it's it's good. He's he's. Ben, I'd say he's almost 100% on everything. I, I would say that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we can get into the GM argument. Who's better, Steve Arzaman or Troy Weaver? Look, who cares? They're both great. And, and that's all that. Ma- all we know is we have, I think in this city, you have two really good GMs, a good GM who's still got to prove himself, especially with the quarterback position. And then, you know, there's just a far drop off to the bottom garbage hole, which is Alavila. I think Alavila the best GM. Oh, yeah, definitely. Duh. I mean, come on. It's pronounced Avila, by the way. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. But to get back to the Pistons really quick. Another thing I like with Troy Weaver is you can see the type of guy he likes and brings in. I, I told you this earlier where it's not the flashy player, all about me player like Jalen Green. It's not the diva wide receiver mentality player. These guys work hard and they want to be here. I mean, you you talk or look at Cade Cunningham and obviously he's a well-spoken guy for his age and he he wants to be here. This team works hard. Every single one of them. There's none of that, you know, bull crap about, like I said, all about me and hell, Jaden Ivy was in tears when he got drafted and he's going to Detroit, which let's be honest, it's not the best place in this country to live probably at least weather wise, but you know, it's, they want to play here, and that's the biggest thing I could take away from this, and he's finding those right guys, which, thank God. Exactly, and I just want to go over, you know, the top, the top 10 free agents for, for next season um, and, you know, just what, what could possibly be out there. Um, and some, some of these are some crazy ones. Uh, Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies is a potential free agent. Uh, Jeremy Grant's potential next year. <laughs> uh Al Horford um your favorite Kyrie Irving hell effing no LeBron's not that stupid don't worry LeBron sure uh Chris Middleton I mean we could we could bring him <laughs> oh, back yeah, come let's... back so you can use yeah come on uh Miles Turner Vucevic Russell Westbrook and then Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, who I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Andrew Wiggins based look, on what he showed in the finals and the playoffs. I would not mind Andrew Wiggins. Look, we're a year away. I'm not going to worry about it. But they definitely are going to need to make a splash next season in free agency or next offseason in free agency. Because unless Jay Nivey ends up being as good as Kate Cunningham or better, then they still need a third guy regardless. Exactly. I'm hoping Sadiq Bay is your fourth Is your fourth yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I don't think Bay's your third. If he's your fourth. That's perfect. There, there you go. And then, like you said, with Duran, is it Duran or Duran? I don't know. Things we'll Duran. Okay, Durin. we'll go with Duran. If he be, can be your center in one, two years time, there you go. Bye, bye, Isaiah Stewart. I know you guys like him, but let's be honest; he's just a replacement player. He, uh, Isaiah Stewart, is everyone. He's just he's your typical Detroit
1: exactly. favorite player. Oh, everyone. Yeah, loves him. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so I say we take a break. And we'll come back with some hockey news. We're back with more 100% Sports Podcast. And Nathan, I know it's one of your favorite days NHL free agency for you hockey nerds out there. And the draft just happened last week, too. Forgot about that. So, Nathan, I know you want to talk about it. Talk about the the Red Wings offseason so far. It's been a perfect. To say the least, I know a lot of fans out there are wanting that big name free agent deal and a Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau. Which happen, which it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, Stevie Y has been pretty busy today, though. He's made three signings so far. Fourth one, I think, is official. Maybe not. I'm not 100% sure. But they got Andrew Cop, who is a decent, you know, second line center. He's not going to get you. 3540 goals but it's a decent center decent pickup you needed that he's a good player and they gave him i think 5.625 for five i don't care what people say there's some hockey nerds out there like me who are saying he overpaid well at the beginning of the day we had 30 million dollars in cap space which is damn near half your cap space so i'm not really worried about overpaying a little bit even though i don't think it is an overpay um other than that, picked up a couple defensemen. Uh, Olimata, who's just basically going to be your defenseman, plug and play deal. That's really nothing there. He's just a roster spot. And then a contract I really like, they got Ben Sherat, who, again, I don't expect anybody to know who that is unless you're a hockey fan like me. He's a defensive defenseman. He's not like Sider, who's going to get you 40, 50 points a year in assists, but that's what the Wigs need. If, if anybody, who are very defensive and not offensive minded, so they gave him four years at four point seven five, which I think is a pretty damn good deal. Um, I I know there's also some Listen, that. Matt. Well, I don't need when I, I, I have, have most cider who can do that. I need agree. someone who's who's going to need to close the lane down to the net because they gave up way too many goals defensively last year. So I really like that deal pairing him up with cider, and then now we get to. The don't forget Simon Edvinson, who was the big defenseman they picked last year, is likely going to make the team out of training camp this year. So now you're looking at a defense with Sider, Edvinson, Charat, Mata, Chronic, and I don't know a plug-and-play guy. I I, I, could, I don't know if they still have Lindstrom. I hope they don't because Jesus Christ, is he's awful. Um, Nick Lindstrom, you don't like him? Sure, that's the Lindstrom I'm talking about. Um, but. You know we don't know how Edvinson's gonna be. A lot of the experts say he's gonna be terrific. He's freaking six six and a wall. He's huge. So figuring out the defensive part of the game is the biggest thing. And Eisman traded for Vili Huso, who is kind of like a Alex and in a sense, almost the same way. They're both they're both good goalies. They're not elite, but they're not bad. I could see them splitting the forty game, forty one games each around there. So when one goalie's not you know feeling it the other can go in so I like that they got their goalie situation um figured out Kosa is still a year or two away um and then other than that Marco Casper the guy they drafted in the draft I mean there's not much to say to him other than he's a good two-way player and probably give him a year or two until he's here I mean Stevie Wise doing everything right as far as I can see uh, you know I, I'd like them to sign another winger but at the end of the day, just be a little more competitive next year, which I definitely think they're on the path for. Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, you. It looks like they're making you know the the moves that they need to make. What what would be your expectations this season for the Red Wings? Well, I obviously they need to be a lot better. I mean, you can't be, you know, bottom eight in the league. The game. You can't do that anymore. You got to be what you were the first half for the whole season, and that's. You know, not necessarily a playoff team, which I don't think they're going to be. Even if they sign another winger, I don't think they will be because the East is just so stacked, and that's fine. But just be in contention for a possible wild card spot at the end of the season. Be watchable. I shouldn't say be watchable because that's even below contending for a playoff spot. But just be on the graphic. And I think they're inching that way. I think they need to get another winger. There's a couple names out there. Andre Palat could be a good pickup. He's a veteran uh, line or lineman. <laughs> veteran forward from Tampa Bay. And then obviously Johnny Gaudreau. But I, I don't see them giving up $10 million a year for him. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But it sounds like he's going to go back home to the East Coast, either New Jersey or the Islanders, are the two favorites right now. All right. Looking forward to the, to you know, at least getting notifications about the Red Wings because I don't watch too much hockey. I mean, I'm probably the casual fan. If the Red Wings are in the playoffs, I'll watch them. Hey, that's that's perfectly fine. That's like me with the Pistons. I'm only going to watch them when they're good. So, I you can't, you can't watch all four or five major sports and watch them all. It's impossible. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I would agree. I'd, pro- I'd probably say watch the Lions the most because it's football. And then I'd say it's the Pistons. And then... The Red Wings, Tigers, Yeah, the, And then there's a far drop off there, which is completely fine. I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the Fast Five. If you don't know what the Fast Five is, it's five questions we try to answer as quickly as possible, but we most likely – we usually fail. All right. So early top four EPL prediction. Go. Hmm. Early top four. I'll go Liverpool top. City two. Again, I – look, I, I'm just – those two are going to go at it all season again. And um, kind of a bold take here, but why the hell not? Tottenham and, and Arsenal. Uh, I, I just, Chelsea, look, I I, I I know, I think personally, I think Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham are going to go at like those three. I, I don't think it's going to be a Chelsea runaway, kind of like how it was up until the end of the season for third. I think those three teams are going to contend for top four. I really do. Okay. Oh wow. See, I'm gonna go I still think City. Think City goes one. Liverpool two, but you could interchange that. Um and then I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go Chelsea three. I, you know what? Screw it. Arsenal's going fourth. Arsenal's going fourth. Gimme Champions League. Man, I miss it so much. Gimme fourth. Arsenal gets into fourth. Because Jesus is going to be the signing they need up top because they they did not really have if you look back at it, Arsenal did not really generate many goals. I think Jesus finally does that for you, and then they signed they just signed Vieira from wherever he's from. I forgot where. Somewhere Porto? Porto, maybe Porto. I think Porto. I don't know. Who, I'm 100% who sure. did Liverpool play? Uh, in the Champions League this year, that was like they Portugal. played Porto in the group stage and yes. Benfica in the knockouts Por- in the Porto. He's from Porto because he played okay. really well against Liverpool. Actually, of course, um, so did Luis, Luis Diaz, and then we signed him, and so did Darwin Nunez, and then we signed him. <laughs> now, if our if Arsenal goes and gets you know like a Lucas Paqueta, oh, and they have Saliba coming back, you know, yeah, I think Arsenal's gonna get four. I do. I right. I'm I'm with you. I think they do do get top four as well. All right, next question. Will Alavila have a job at the end of the season? Uh, I hope not, but I'm not confident that Illich has an uh, inkling of, well, really any inclination of how this team is managed or whatever. He don't care. He's here. I think, I think Avila goes. I think he does. I hope so. I really hope so. I think somehow Illich is going to be like, hmm, maybe I should fire this dude because why not? And he'll fire him. Someone smart will finally tell him, hey, look, this guy's a dweeb and hasn't done crap. I hope I hope to God you're right. Well, I don't have a feeling they're going to end up winning, somehow getting to like 72 games, 75 games. And for them, they're going to be like, oh, well, that's just enough, which is not, but to just fire him, please. All right, next question. Are they, Since the documentary came out a few weeks ago, the Red Wings avalanche, the most hated sports rivalry of all time. Um, I would think so. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say the most hated. I think with hockey, it's kind of, you know, there's built some in. fighting's allowed. It, it's, it's a little more built into the sport, like you said. So, sorry, got a little sidetracked there. Red Wings just signed another winger. Um, hey, there you go. You wanted one. Yeah, well, this guy's not the guy I wanted, but it's just another guy. So, you know, I really don't care. It is what it is. Uh, go I, ahead. I, I... I would say, I would say, um, it's the most hated, just based off, you know, all the fights they had, and I, I've never, no, I, I just like, I don't think that happens very often, and they straight up hated each other, um, you know, based on what the documentary was saying and everything. So I would say, yeah. All right, next question: the best EPL signing this summer so far. Best EPL signing. I don't want to be basic here, but I'm gonna be basic, and I'm gonna say Erling Holland. I just think that I. To me, it's not like a Lukaku. It's not. Like, I don't think he's going to fail. I don't think there's any chance. I think he's going to get his goals. I think he gets to 25, 30 goals throughout the season. I, I just think he's such a potential. Well, he is a superstar, but he is just so big and so athletic. And I, I just can't see him failing there. And that's, I, I think it's the best signing. I'm going to go uh, Homer-based right here. And I think it's going to be Gabriel Jesus. I genuinely think it is based on the fee that it was, forty five million, which I think is cheap, especially in this market for a striker of his quality. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna break out like Alexis Sanchez did at Arsenal. You know, they came you know, similar backgrounds to where they came they're both South American, just realized that. Um <laughs> they, you know, came from really big clubs, Barcelona, Manchester City. Uh, they were oh you know, you could see that there was quality there between the players, but they wanted to be the guy somewhere else. Even though Gabriel Jesus says he doesn't want to be the guy, but he he is the guy. Um, and, you know, they're overshadowed by the world's best players. You know, Messi, Neymar, Suarez, and then who else? Who else does City have? Why am I drawing a blank on who their forwards are? Oh, uh, they got. Uh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention because I was reading the uh, free agent well, signing. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, obviously they have Holland now. Who, okay, Bernardo I'm going to go down their forwards here for you. Off the top of my head, you got Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva, Erling Holland, Foden can play out wide. Grealish can play out wide. And then, don't forget, I don't know if they have that young Argentinian guy, Julian Alvarez, who may start to play for them finally. Oh, yeah, they they have all those guys. That's who I was overshadowed by. But, yeah, I think, you know, just the price and everything and, you know, like, best fit for the team, too, I guess you could say. It, it fits really well because you need a striker, and I, I think I think that is the best one. So I got to be a little bit homer-based there, but... Hey,
1: the key, that's, I- that's...
0: that's I, I can't argue with you because he's going to get playing time there, and he's going to prove he's the guy, which I think he has a very good chance of doing, so... All right, last question. What schools come to the Big Ten next? We already know UCLA and USC are coming. Which one's next? I think... Hmm, if I had to pick, I don't want to pick just one. I think Notre Dame's coming. I, I just think it, it's bound oh. to happen. I think their time's up. They have to join it. And I think the Big Ten obviously will want them mainly because of money and, and you know, bringing in the Notre Dame brand. But the other two, honestly, I think Oregon and Stanford, Big Ten pride themselves on getting these uh, schools that are known for having, uh, oh, what's the word? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Having smart schools in the Big Ten. There it goes. God, I'm not smart. That's they why I don't go to on one academics. of them. Yeah, academics. Wow, am I slow. So I, I think you could see a Stanford coming to the Big Ten. And Oregon, it's Oregon. It's another brand, but Notre Dame first. Why not bring lovely central Michigan to the Big Ten? Why not okay. do that? I want what you're smoking. <laughs> why not? No, I, I generally think it's Notre Dame, even though screw Notre Dame. They had a chance all those years ago. And I hate Notre Dame, but I genuinely think it's Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. And let's be fair, you're gonna like playing them again, even though you hate them, because that's why you know. Yeah, you, you can't admit to me that you miss playing them at times. Let's be honest. Not, re- I, I don't know. I didn't really. I don't know. Not I really. Mean, as an MSU fan, I like playing them. You can beat them because I hate them, and I love playing people you hate because when you beat them, it feels great. Sure, I'll, sure. I miss them. Sure. Okay. Oh, well, I guess well, n- maybe maybe because I don't know a Notre Dame fan really, where I can't really. How how do you not know one? They'll tell you in the first ten seconds. <laughs> good point. Good point. Anything like that before we go? Uh no, no, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Until next time. See ya!